it was like quite a long corridor and I seen her stood in the doorway. So I was walking towards her, getting closer and closer. This person was getting bigger and bigger. And I said, hi. And at that moment, I had a decision to make. Do I keep up the bullshit or do I absolutely come clean? Hey, welcome to Flip It and Rebuild It. This is the podcast that will help you see life from a new perspective, so you can prepare for when life knocks you on your butt without warning. I'm Stephen Webb, and ending up paralyzed at 18, going bankrupt, losing nearly everything, more heartbreaks than I can count. I know how hard it is to turn your life around. Let us help you find inner peace and flip it around when your life is hectic and feels impossible for you. And welcome my awesome co-host, Susan Jackman. Ah, thanks, Stephen. And I'm here to share with you how I have learned to flip that story in my head and use every experience to grow and rebuild my life the way that I want it to be. I've experienced a lot of life and learned many valuable lessons. I do believe I can help someone learn from what I've been through, from how I've overcome childhood traumas, to learning to find the silver lining and lesson in every situation, no matter how negative the situation seems to be. It's about finding your peace of mind when life goes to shit, as it often does. So, how has your week been? It's been good. It's been good. I've got some new jobs. I hopefully have a new place to live. I'm just waiting to sign the lease. Oh, awesome. New podcast studio and everything. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> uh, see, I never have to worry. I've been in my house now, what? I'm trying to think how old I am. I've been in my yeah. house now 36 years, and I'm only 44, so I come in when I was about 9 or 10. Yeah. So I love I have hi- Yeah, I have high hopes for this place. It's got a detached garage that I'm hoping I can turn the whole thing into a recording studio. So Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. See, I, I'm in my extension now. If you're watching this, podcast on youtube or patreon you can see that i'm sat in my extension in my house mm-hmm. which is where i live most of the time actually but it used to be <laughs> my parents house and yeah. then my parent when i broke my neck when i was 18 my parents with the help of the local council and my nan built an extension onto my house mm-hmm. onto their house yeah and then i moved home into that extension which was a self-contained and then i met somebody a few years later and then my parents moved out and left the whole house to me and them oh that's nice and now they left me and i'm all alone with a dog and two cats oh <laughs> plenty of bedrooms so if anybody wants to come and live with me hey, <laughs> you've just got to like the same food as me and cook for me all the time <laughs> that's the way to my heart through my belly <laughs> isn't that the way to every guy's heart <laughs> I don't, probably i have no idea <laughs> Make me, laugh, make me laugh and dish up good food and i'm good <laughs> nice um so what are we talking about this week so this week we're talking about taking personal responsibility um for your own happiness oh yeah deep that stuff. thing that we think we're doing all our lives until we do it and then we realize how damn hard it is to do it yes 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 yeah I cannot think of a time in my life at the time when I didn't think I was taking responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I remember being a teenager and my parents saying to me all the time, a couple of things he always used to say is, A, you've changed in the last three months. I don't recognize <laughs> you anymore. Oh. And of course, I never thought I'd ever change. I'm a parent now to a 21-year-old. I now get what they say. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they used to say, you've got to take responsibility for your life, you know? Mm-hmm. 
you've got you're going for your exams it's important take responsibility is you know you've been late for school is your fault now you're old enough mm-hmm. yep but i thought i was taking responsibility for my life yeah all the time so i didn't know what they were going on about yeah until like i don't know 25 26 years later what i was responsible for my happiness yeah right yeah that's what really clicked for me with it was getting to the point where i realized that if i was blaming someone else or a situation that i was in for my unhappiness i wasn't taking responsibility because i was choosing to be unhappy instead of looking at it from a different direction um your emotional state is a function of how you interpret and react to events around you uh, not the reality of what actually happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who's it said that quote uh, as well that life is what happens when you're busy making other plans? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Uh, I don't know who that is, so you know we'll put that in the comments. Who said that? But yeah, yeah it's we think we're. I'm a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm. If anybody knows about the enneagrams, I'm a type two which I don't know if you know about them. Do you know about them? I've looked at it a little bit. I don't remember what I am. I would recognize if I heard them. Well, I'm not into star signs. I'm not into any kind of that kind of thing. I used to be on teenage years because I had to work out who I was going to fall in love with behind what color door <laughs> on a daily yeah. basis. This is different though. This is like based on your personality traits. Yeah. And, yeah. and they really go into deep. And apparently there's nine different personality traits. Mm-hmm. And they change. You're not yeah. stuck in one. It, it changes yeah. as you go through life. Well, I recognize that I'm a helper. And I've done the quizzes online. I haven't read the books. So I haven't gone into it deeply. Mm-hmm. So I've just done the three ones, three ones online. And I'll put a link to that underneath. Because comment and tell us what type you are. Yeah. Um, I want to say, is there is one of them idealist? There's an idealist. There's a lawyer. That's what I am. <laughs> I always come up idealist on everything. <laughs> the, the challenger. What I love about these, they're not just positive. They're positive and negative about each mm-hmm. one. Yeah. And it came up with me that I was a manipulator. Ooh. Not the type manipulator. There isn't one. Yeah. Yeah. But one of the side effects of being a helper is a manipulator. Yeah. And I was like, you what? <laughs> I'm a nice guy. I, I just help people. I love people. Yeah. I'm an open heart. You know, I'm an inner peace coach. What do you mean I'm a manipulator? So I kind of dismissed that. Mm-hmm. And so the next girlfriend pointed out to me one day on a text to my absolute disgust. Do you know what, Stevie? You're a real manipulator. I was like, no. <laughs> I think I replied quite not very, not hugely nice. Hugely nice? <laughs> hugely nice. Uh, we're allowed to use it if the president can use hugely we can (laughs) so yeah i i was disgusted by it yeah but i was on the way on my spiritual journey so i thought about it i let it mull over a little bit and it brought me back to the enneagrams i hope i say that right and i'm a helper and i looked and i read up what it meant to be a manipulator and i found out i really was yeah and still can be yeah and the manipulator in that is i might actually do nice things for people mm-hmm. so they like me yeah yeah i have a real need to be liked yeah um it's sometimes an unhealthy need because it means i'm a yes person yeah 
So when it comes down to taking responsibility, I had to take responsibility for the fact that I was a manipulator. Yeah. And it might have meant well, but I was sometimes buying gifts, doing things in order to make people like me. Yeah. That realization meant that, okay, I cannot push it away anymore. I cannot say, no, I'm not that anymore. Mm -hmm. I can turn around and say, okay, there's part of me that's a manipulator. Am I being manipulating right in this moment? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what responsibility means to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, a big part of it is, you know, like coming out of um, a bad situation and realizing that um realizing that even though like someone else might have done something that is undeniably wrong to me i'm still responsible i still have a part in that i still got myself into the situation or ex ignored red flags and accepted behavior that wasn't good or whatever it is like i did something too i have a part in it yeah. um and like being able i mean like to me this is a really critical part of the process getting to that point where you can look at a situation and say you know what part of this is my fault you know even if someone's totally done me wrong and this is what I learned and this is how I can change so this doesn't happen again yeah stopping the blame game yeah yeah it's all their yeah. fault how they treat me is all them yeah and then you want karma and then you want revenge because we've all been hard done by and they've done all these things to us and they've caused all of this pain in my, our lives. And they might have done. Yeah, that doesn't dismiss what they've done in, in any way. Um, the, the night that, um, that I was, I don't even know what you want to call it, but um, I, guess, I, guess that, I guess I was sexually assaulted. I... Um, you know, like, even though what they did was clearly, clearly wrong, I still see points in the story where I could have avoided it because I did something wrong. I had a chance to get out, and I didn't listen to my instincts. Um, and really, like, that's the hard truth about happiness is realizing that it's more about your attitude and yeah. how you interpret the events than what you actually go through. I think you brought up a really, and I want to go back there, if that's okay, mm -hmm. brought up a huge, huge, important point. If I'm right, you ended up in a situation with four guys and they, in your words, sexually abused you. Mm -hmm. And yet you're sat here now, mm -hmm. two years later. I don't even know if it's been quite two years. but And you're saying some of it is your fault. Yeah. I, did, I was doing that a week after, but you know, the first time anything bad happened to me, it wasn't like that. I was upset and angry and blamed the other person for, for a long, long, long time. But because of where I'm at in my journey, I, I know that I need to look at that and learn something from it. And like, I mean, I'm not going to say I didn't do anything to my ability to trust people, but I feel like I bounced back from it very well. No, that's exactly what we mean by taking responsibility. But yeah. most of the listeners will be thinking, you know, seriously, this person was sexually abused and mm -hmm. she taking, she's saying it's partly her fault. Well, you're not saying it's all your fault. It's not saying anything like that. But you're, you're taking responsibility for even the smallest part that you played in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just like growing up with like, 
you know, bad parents or things that happened in your past, uh, you can't keep blaming your past. At some point, you must take the wheel and drive your own life or you're never going to get anywhere. You're just going to be yeah. stuck. Yeah. And that's when this podcast goes completely silent and we think, should we continue talking? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a great topic. This is a good oh, topic. I'm, I'm loving this topic. And you, you said about the childhood as well. We blame the way oh, our yeah. parents cheated us. Cheated. We blame the way our parents treated us all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, there's several faults to that. But first of all, they did their best with what they had at yeah. the time. Now, then, when you were four years old and you think your mum was really, really mean to you, because, you know, at four years old, you haven't got the same responsibilities. You haven't got the mm -hmm. same knowledge. Mm -hmm. You are pretty ignorant of the way the world works. Yeah, yeah. And when your mum makes you cry for two hours because you want something that is impossible, mm -hmm. I will add, impossible. <laughs> yes. You know, if there's no money, there's no money. Right. And But we remember that for all our lives. And I cannot believe when I was a child, I was left to cry and my parents didn't care about me as much as my sister and mm -hmm. my parents didn't do this for me and my friends had it and I, and we blame them constantly. When yeah. in reality we were looking at it for, we were looking at it through children's eyes. Yeah, that's true. So if we go back to our child and revisit and look at it through our parents' eyes as parents. Yeah. And then we go, hey, maybe we weren't so hard done by. Maybe yeah. mom had a reason to say no to me that day. Yeah. <laughs> maybe she had a good reason as an adult that knew a yeah. lot more than me about life. Oh, yeah. I See, I'm thinking of much more extreme cases like where people have, you know, legitimately had a hard time growing up. Their parents were abusive. Yeah. Their parents were alcoholics. Their parents were literally never there. Like that can set you up for, you know, a, learning a lot of hard lessons the the slow way that's yeah but if you take that initiative to take responsibility for yourself you can learn everything you need to learn yeah and people with the most terrible past you know oprah winfrey when you talk about her past mm -hmm. yeah um I, I urge anybody to go and read oprah's story yeah you, you know they yeah. build that strength as a young yeah because that builds up their strength like yeah. Or they become the victim of it. Yeah. And it defines yeah. who they are. Yeah. And yeah. That's what we're talking about is that the, the ones, there's the ones that take responsibility without realizing they are. Mm -hmm. And then there's the ones that are in a cage or they believe they're in a cage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the door's wide open. Yeah, yeah. But they'd rather be in the cage because it's safety to them. Yeah, yeah. I wrote a and song it, about that. Sorry? <laughs> I wrote a song about that. It has oh, a line that's like, one day I realized the door was wide open, so I just flew away eventually. This may not be the way you want it in your story, you in your head. Yep. <laughs> you know, we, we have this fixed way. We have this story in our head of how the past was, how the future is going to be. Mm -hmm, how yeah. you are and also how everybody should react with you yeah 
Yeah. Meanwhile, your daughter doesn't know the story in your head. You don't know the story yeah. in your head anymore. Than, and then we get mad when they do not show up exactly fitting yeah. that story. <laughs> it's a lot like what you were talking about this morning about trust, about, you know, the only way to build your trust is to just do it, to jump in and trust. Happiness is the same way. Yeah. yeah. And you realize it was there all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like you've been searching for it your whole life and you were just yeah. like running circles around it. Yeah. We're looking yep. for it. Like, you know, it's the rat race. We're all running mm -hmm. in the rats. We're all rats. Oh, yeah. And some, it's like someone stops you and says, stop. There it is. <laughs> and then we forget and start running again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Zen call it the gateless gate because we've been looking for the gate. We're trying to get to the gate. And then we will step in the gate and we turn around and realize there was no gate. Yeah. It was there all along. All along. The happiness isn't something to get to. Mm -hmm. And there's a wonderful Buddhist story about this. And that's, they dangle a carrot in front of the ox. Mm -hmm. And they put it onto a stick just in front. And mm -hmm. the ox is trying to get to the carrot, trying to get faster and faster to the carrot. Yeah. And then... Of course, the carrot's further and further away. Mm -hmm. Well, we end up running that fast that trying to catch this carrot, and we never actually catch it. Yeah. But of course, one day the ox says, I can't do this anymore. I've ran all my life. I'm tired. Can't do this anymore. And they stop. And in that moment, the carrot carries on and goes further away. <laughs> yeah. Until at some point you can't see it. And then suddenly... When we, st when we don't start running again and we just wait and wait mm -hmm. and we're, and we're yeah. patient, yeah, the carrot comes back. Oh, yeah. And then it swings right back and then we can reach it. It's right there. Well, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's a dream or a person or a job or a client. Anything that you chase is going to run away from you. <laughs> yeah. Anything. Stop. Including happiness. <laughs> You're chasing your happiness. It's going to run Let away. Let the carrot go away. Yeah. And then it will come back. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. I lived on the lip of insanity, wanting to know the reasons, knocking on the door. It opens. I've been knocking from the inside. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah. It's, nice. you know, it's just everything is backward. We, everything is outside there. And when we take responsibility, it's doing it from within, with ourselves. Yeah. We're trying to make 7 million, billion people take responsibility. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, we don't ourselves. And what was that one wise man said? One of the most wisest people to ever grace us on this earth. <laughs> you start with a man in the mirror. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Michael Absolutely. Jackson. Michael Jackson. <laughs> Absolutely. So I love that song. It's so cool. We don't we don't go back and listen to old songs so much. Yeah. Ten years. Ten years. But yeah, take responsibility. Absolutely frees us as well, but it's painful at first. It is. You know, and and part of the taking responsibility is being truthful with ourselves when people hold that mirror up to us. Yeah. You know, when that person said I was a manipulator, they held the mirror up to me. Mm -hmm. It wasn't them. It wasn't about them. They just held a mirror. 
And yeah. I didn't like what I saw. Yeah. So first of all, I wanted to, A, I got angry. Mm-hmm. Then I disowned it. Mm-hmm. And then I decided, you know, do you know what, Steve, you're on a spiritual journey. Don't be an a-hole again. Mm-hmm. Let's look at this. Yeah. And I realized I am all those things. Yeah. And taking responsibility is not doing them. Not, you know, I'm I'm paralyzed and my chest down. I could jump up and down. All, well, no, I can't. But I could wave my arms around all day complaining <laughs> that I can't do this and can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same with you at the moment. You know, you're really struggling with somewhere to live. Mm-hmm. You're struggling yeah. with so many things in your life at the moment. And this is why the great thing on the podcast between me and you, mm-hmm. you know, neither of us are sorted. We're not sitting yeah. here in lovely, warm homes with loads of money, all sorted, taking responsibility because in that respect, it's easier to take responsibility. Yeah. 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 That's true. How do you do it when life's tough and someone comes along and says, Susan, you know, you're telling me to take responsibility, but my life sucks. Mm-hmm. And you're telling me to add more to my life. You're mm-hmm. telling me it's yeah. my fault. Yeah. What do you say to them? Take it one thing at a time. That's all we can do. One thing at a time. I'm a huge fan of priority lists. (laughs) How are you? Oh, yeah. I make a list, sit down every couple of days and make a new list. Check and see what was, you know, on my last list that didn't get done. Prioritize that. Prioritize things that need to be done right away. And then I have a bunch of other stuff. And I just start checking things off. Once you start moving forward and, and like putting out, you know, one fire at a time, it gets easier. It gets easier. And you feel more motivated to push forward. But if you just look at everything and go, oh, my God, look at all this stuff I have to worry about, you're overwhelmed. And I don't know about you, but me, I get overwhelmed and I don't want to deal with any of it. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of writing lists, too. Oh, yeah. I'm not such a big fan of doing the stuff on the list. <laughs> well, that's another story. <laughs> and, and again, it's a responsibility. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, the thing is with lists when the act of writing them down the subconscious mind thinks it's done and sorted Mm -hmm. because the subconscious mind doesn't actually know what needs to be done for the different things right 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 so writing it down the subconscious mind is like yeah i'm done for the day i'm sorted (laughs) and i reckon somewhere in the world there's an island with like billions and billions of unticked lists (laughs) that people have just you know they just disappear don't they yeah i'm sure there's the secret list angels that you write all these lists everywhere and then within days someone they just come in and they take them away yeah <laughs> i'm sure of it i swear by it yeah because i can never find the list on my computer that i wrote the other day and i go from app to app yeah so when that list gets so full that i can't be bothered to tick them off anymore i find a new app that's yeah it's gonna make me more productive yeah that's why I need to take responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say like, I mean, I used to have that problem, but now I like, I'll make two lists. I make a high priority list, which is a short, unoverwhelming list. And then I make like more of a long-term list and I put them on two separate pieces of paper. So when I pull out that list, it's not like, Oh my gosh, you know? Um, And 
I, I do go ahead and check things off because I know how much better I'll feel from trying it over and over and over again. So, Joking aside, whenever I go back to the list, I've always done certain things from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the checking off is not something I always go back and do. And yeah, it's about taking responsibility. Yeah, It's about how am I feeling right now? I'm feeling overwhelmed. What am I going to do about it? Yeah, because I mean, you can use it as an excuse. Oh, I'm bad at making lists. I'm, I, I'm not good at following through on them. And you can just like, you know, excuse it away. Or you can take that step and take personal responsibility for yourself and say, okay, I'm bad at this, but this is important. What can I do to get better at this? Also, the other thing with having a really bad childhood, say you had a dad that did treat you quite badly. Mm-hmm. Something that Tony Robbins always says, if you're going to blame them for something, blame them for everything. Mm-hmm. And I love this. So if someone treated you really, really badly as a child, mm-hmm. I've been your dad, I've been your mom, it might have been someone else, a principal or a teacher. But let's say for a moment it was your dad. Maybe it was a tough love dad. Mm-hmm. And he really, really come down tough love more than any dad should do. Maybe even hit you at times. Mm-hmm. Ask yourself everything, what you're going to blame him for and everything. What mm-hmm. did he give you? Everything. And when you've exhausted all of the bad things, took mm-hmm. away your childhood, took away this, he's made me frightened of people. He's made, when you've done all of that, mm-hmm. Start looking at who you are today. Yeah. And see what gifts there was in that. Yeah. Because look, you cannot go back and change it. Right, right, exactly. As much as I would never wish that upon anyone, it's happened. Yeah. So as it's already happened, let's look for a gift. Mm -hmm. So the gift might be you're stronger today because of it. You're... Mm -hmm. You're never going to hit your child because of it. Mm-hmm. You're never going to um, do the things he's taught you. He's your Buddhist sattva and taught you how not to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who knows that he didn't have to play that role in your life right. for some greater thing the universe has in store. Yeah, yeah. Maybe if he didn't do that, maybe you might have gone on and done something different. Or maybe you might use your childhood as a message to the world Mm -hmm. of how not to be a parent. And that might save another child somewhere else. And maybe that was the only way, if you believe God or the universe or whatever it is, maybe that was the only way they knew how to save the child 60 years on. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so if you look at it that way, it flips it totally on the side of his head. It means it was a gift and it means it was something special. Mm-hmm. And that's your purpose. Maybe that bad childhood was framing you for something you need to do today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So staying in and blaming just for that part, you're doing yourself a disservice. Mm-hmm. And maybe the universe is waiting for you to take responsibility and maybe something around the corner needs that strength. Yeah, that exactly. you were given at that time. Yeah. Well, that's why I wouldn't change anything that's happened to me. Like, cause I am super strong because of everything I've been through 
and I'm using that strength to go after all the all my dreams. I, you know, I live my life now as if it nothing is certain, nothing is guaranteed, and I, you know, I, I follow whatever path I feel is going to make me happy and the people around me. Yeah. Enjoy the moment, like truly. Try everything, even weird foods. I tried sushi. It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. I, I'm weird. not. I, I used to be a fishmonger for about eight months. Before yeah. I, before I ran away with a girlfriend because, you know, I was a hormonal teenager. <laughs> and yeah my crazy youth that year i broke my neck i tell you was crazy year yeah. you're gonna find out about it in my book but it, it it ranged from being kicked out of school to me going for an interview that i didn't even have because I, I lied to my parents i said i had an interview yeah so the worst comes the worst it comes to the day this is about not taking responsibility for your life at all yeah so <laughs> it was just before christmas i was kicked out of sixth form because i never really was going in my parents got a letter wishing Stephen every success. Hmm. I was in trouble to stay there. Yeah. And then, and then just after Christmas between the new year, I went in town to find a job and mm -hmm. I come back and said, I've got an interview. Mm -hmm. And well, I, I went around to all these places and no one was hiring or anything like that. Cause it was already in Christmas season. It was coming. Yeah. Anyway, yeah I came back and they said, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. And I try to say, yeah, yeah, I've got an interview in January. Mm -hmm. Got them off my back. Another few days of peace at home. Yeah. Well, then my, <laughs> my dad looks up and says to me, um, I tell you what, we'll drop you down. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. So my dad's going to drop you down to this interview that doesn't exist. <laughs> and I had a suit because I'd just done my work experience in the Houses of Parliament, which is the mm -hmm. equivalent to like Washington over here. Mm -hmm. My two weeks schooling. So I had a suit and I was all dressed up amazing. They dropped me down and they dropped me to the staff entrance. Mm -hmm. so I had to go in. All I had to do was delay for mm -hmm. two minutes while they drove away. Mm -hmm. So I went in there and said, oh, I've got an interview with the personnel manager. Mm -hmm. And I turned the story because there's no responsibility whatsoever. <laughs> and this is just so winging it. Oh, man. And it's about a white lie that turns mm -hmm. into just... Uh, that's what they do. Digging a hole. Yeah. I was so deep in this hole by now, I couldn't even see daylight. Well, I was <laughs> in this room with these secretaries or people that were working there, telling them that I had a thing. And they immediately come back to me and said, no, she's not seeing anybody today. Mm -hmm. I said, no, I definitely got a letter. So I went in my pocket and of course I forgot the letter. <laughs> <laughs> so I told them, no, it's definitely 1.30 today. So they rang up and it was just delaying. Mm-hmm. And then she put down the phone and she said, well, she said she would see you. She's adamant. <laughs> and I thought, yes, I can just walk upstairs. I can just go upstairs. By the time I get upstairs and I get a right earful, I was 17, nearly 18, I think. Mm -hmm. I would have got a right earful off this wasting her time and all. But it was okay because my parents would have left. Mm -hmm. And I could go home and say, I didn't get the job. Yeah. And I could fight another day, dig another hole another day. It was like quite a long corridor, and I seen us in the doorway. So I was walking <laughs> towards her, getting closer and closer. This person was getting bigger and bigger. 
and I said hi. And at that moment, I had a decision to make. Mm -hmm. Do I keep up the bullshit mm -hmm. or do I absolutely come clean? Mm -hmm. And really, this should have taught me so many lessons for my life. But it isn't until recent years I realized how important it is what I'd done in that moment. Yeah. And I came clean and I told her everything. Yeah. <laughs> I told her about being kicked out of sixth form. I told her about the job and it wasn't real and about there was no interview and everything. And she said, take a seat. <laughs> and at that point, I was like, oh, wow. Um, I just don't know how this is going to go. Mm -hmm. And she said to me, um, there's a job on the fish counter. Mm -hmm. Hence sushi. <laughs> there's the connection okay and the responsibility but it's a great yeah. reminder of the story and i sat there and she and i said i'll take it now this was a 17 year old lab was they were dating and mm -hmm. i was going to work on the fish counter by day <laughs> i was going to uh, stink of fish yeah but i had to take anything and i would have took anything at that moment yeah. and a few weeks later she said to me um I, I asked her as she was walking around the store, I said, why did you give me the job? And she said, well, you were honest. Yeah. You came in and you, 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 you were driven. Mm -hmm. I said, yeah, by my parents. <laughs> you were driven and you were honest and you mm -hmm. took responsibility for your life in that moment. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I forgot that lesson for 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good story. But it's true. When we take responsibility, things happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the flip side of responsibility about what we do and all is about how we deal with ourselves inside. Yeah. So can you talk about that for a little bit? How, you know, feelings arise. What does taking responsibility mean when that happens? I think most importantly, just being aware of how you're feeling. I mean, like so many people get into a situation and get angry or upset or agitated and and like they're just focused on the situation and what's going on and they're not even aware of all these feelings rising up like for me if i feel something like that rising up in me i walk away and take a break and calm myself down um get my mind peaceful again you know <laughs> but um i mean different things work for different people but like just noticing those feelings accepting them because they're valid and then deciding, do I want to feel this way? Is this how I want to feel right now? Yeah. It's that awareness, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Awareness. And taking responsibility doesn't have to be, I am really messing up here and I need to take responsibility. Taking responsibility can mean, you know, I'm angry right now, mm -hmm. but I'm going to choose not to punch someone. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. So taking responsibility is about those arising feelings. Mm -hmm. um, I want to read you this paragraph that's wrote by one of my mentors, Junpo. Yeah. Um, he's from the Mondo Zen. Consider this ringing phone analogy. Emotions or telephone calls bringing us information. Mm. Answer the phone when it rings. Do not refuse to answer the phone. That's depression. Mm -hmm. Do not drag the phone around, jumping up and down, shouting, the phone is ringing. That's anxiety. Mm -hmm. Do not hit someone with the phone. That's anger. 
mm. or blame yourself for the phone ringing. That's shame. Mm. Do not run away from the phone or get so intoxicated, busy or stressed that you cannot hear it ringing. That's disconnection or denial. Mm. Answer the phone. Experience your deeper feelings. Get the message, the information in the feelings, and then hang up the phone. Oh, wow. Understand and choose your response. Stop mindlessly, unconsciously reacting to the phones ringing. Yeah. That's really good. And that's taking responsibility, isn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. 100%. Just, we have these emotions that have evolved perfectly over several million years. Mm-hmm. And they're all there to give us messages, to guide us, to mm-hmm. give us clues. And yet we try to avoid them. We try to run from them. We use them. We, yeah. we become them. So I just think that's a perfect place to end on. Nice. Stop mindlessly, unconsciously reacting to the phones ringing. Yeah. So become aware of your feelings. I try to like imagine that my feelings become a separate entity outside of me that I can look at from different directions. <laughs> that's, that's, that's such a huge insight. Yeah. When people get that, that is huge and that will change your life. Yeah. But the moment you actually understand the philosophy behind that, it's like you've been in a dark room and in the corner there's like this snake. Mm-hmm. And you're terrified of the snake. And then someone comes in and turns a light on. And you realize it's just a spring. Mm, yeah. Even yeah. if someone turns a light off again, you're no longer frightened because you cannot yep. go back to that snake. You just yeah, can't yeah, yeah, go yeah. back to the previous way of thinking. Yeah. How did you come to that realization <laughs> then? Honestly, from meditation. Um, because when I learned to meditate, I learned to kind of feel me whatever makes me me my intuition or whatever you want to call it as kind of a separate thing from my body um and so i learned to like accidentally trans do trans how do you say that word trans transcendental meditation i i I, no one taught me how to do it but I, i learned how to do it accidentally and like I could actually feel myself separate from my body. Yeah. And from there, I was able to separate thoughts and feelings from my body, from me. I just want to go a little deeper with the, what you said about the, you know, there's this silent observer, as mm-hmm. John Shearer, the mindfulness master in Australia says. And there's the little me, there's the us, the personal, the relative, the... Mm-hmm. Um, ego, the mm-hmm. person that likes food and interacts with the world, that's talking to you now, that's having conversation. Mm-hmm. That's the one that does everything. That's the one that feels. That's the one that, you know, yeah. we need that. I think of that part as like the little girl inside of me Yeah, that was naive to the universe and had like all these ideas, well, di- idealistic images of what should be. And oh, really, it's all of you. It's, it's all of them. Every, the little girl, the older Susan now, mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah. It's all of them in different ways. It's all what's built the ego. Mm-hmm. So when we look at it from the outside and observe it, who's angry? Yeah. Who's shame? Who's feeling shame? Yeah. Who's feeling depressed? Who's lonely? Yeah. And when we ask that question and we wait for a response, mm-hmm. 
we realize we're not, we're, we're actually these spiritual beings. Mm -hmm. But the human is the little me. The human is the wanting success, wanting this. I, yeah. I want happiness. I want all these things. Yeah. So when we stop for long enough, we become the observer and go, well, you know, what's perfect about that is that lets you see where it came from. If you can look at something and go, okay, what part of me is upset by this? Well, it's the yeah. part of me that felt abandoned over and over again. Well, if you realize where that feeling is coming from, you can realize how it's holding you back and you can address it. Yeah. There's a big bit of me that holds me back. And I'm so terrified of the light. Like Marianne Williams said, it's not the yeah. dark that we're frightened of, it's the light that we're frightened of. Yeah. And and that's I think as everybody, I like to think I'm special. <laughs> the, the, you know, the relative personal me, I ego. Yeah. I like to think I'm a bit special. So I'm so terrified of that. That part of me mm -hmm. is terrified of the limelight. What if I do have a million followers? Mm -hmm. What if what if a thousand people watch my lives? Or what if 10 million people download this podcast mm -hmm. terrifies the hell out of me yeah no yeah yeah at the same time my ego is like please <laughs> think of all the things you could do <laughs> but why is it that bit that's terrified i'll yeah. tell you it's that six seven year old me that when mm -hmm. my parents divorced and walked out and my mum said to me one day you can be the man in the house now Stephen." and she mm -hmm. said it out of love and she said it out of meaning absolutely well to empower me mm -hmm. but i was a six seven year old boy mm -hmm. how could i run a house yeah so from that moment i i want to be in tears now being that little boy yeah how could i do this yeah but i wanted so desperately to fix all my mum's problems fix all my sister's problems yeah and i'm still here now 44 years old trying to do the same thing but I'm also terrified because they're all inside of me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. Find that little bit inside that's been pushed away. Find, mm -hmm. Take responsibility and give that seven-year-old a hug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's okay, Stephen. I know you're in there. Yeah. I got your back. Yeah. So where can they find you? Um, you can find me at, on Facebook at Susan's Inspiration Space, on Sleeping Dragons Facebook page. That's my band. We'll link to all those pages underneath. You can find me yeah. on stephenweb.com with a V. I help people have inner peace when yeah, life gets a little too much sometimes. When the kids are screaming and the bills need paying and everybody's on your back. Yeah. I help you find that little bit of... You can head over to my website and download my small book, How to Create Your Own Inner Peace. Mm, nice. You can also find information about this podcast on our Patreon site, where you can come over and support us and find out what we're trying to accomplish. Um, and we have some special goodies on there for our Patreon members. Um, we are doing video of all these podcasts and we're posting behind the scenes um, videos and we're also going to do some Q&A's so head on over to our Patreon site and send us your questions. How do they get there? Flipitandrebuildit.com Awesome, we're changing the world. We have to go over there to find out how we're going to do it.
Yeah. Yep. 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 Thanks, guys, for tuning in. If you're watching us on iTunes, hey, leave us a review. Yes. Go please. to the Enneagram site and let us know what type you are. Mm-hmm. The comment, please, really, really helps us. And we're not going to change the world without you. Yep. Absolutely. Thank you for listening. <laughs>